Hello, friends. This is Joe Franks, another edition of Unfathomable Grace for Thursday, May 5th. I want to talk to you today about a neat verse. It's actually two verses found at the very end of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. No one likes the nanny state. The idea of being in Russia or in China or even in the United States and having that idea that someone's always watching you, waiting for you to slip up. No one likes that, not even when that person is God. But by the end of Psalm 139, the psalmist is actually enjoying it, encouraging it, telling him to go ahead and go deep, know my heart, know my thoughts, help me see the grievous way and lead me in the way everlasting. How does somebody get to the point where the idea of God peering into your soul actually brings comfort and it renews affection and it causes you to want him to engage in that microscopic analysis more and more, well, you have to read the rest of the psalm. I'm not going to read it to you. You can read it on your own. It's Psalm 139. But here's the big idea. God made me. He saw my unformed substance. He knitted me together in my mother's womb. Not only the outsides, but he constructed, I mean the insides, but he constructed my frame. He formed my inward parts. He wonderfully made me. He made me. He watches me. There is nowhere I can go from his spirit. I can run and flee with as much diligence as I have, but I cannot get away from his presence. There's nowhere where I am not led by his hand. There's nowhere where I'm not held by his hand. He's always there. So what does this God who is always there with his omniscient eye see? Well, yeah, start with the outside. He sees my deeds, the wickedness that I do. He sees my words. Even before a word is on my tongue, he sees it. But yeah, he hears those words of uh, conceit, my braggadocious nature, slander, gossip, meanness, untruth, dirty jokes, crassness, not being polite, not encouraging. Yeah, he sees that. But from my actions and from my words, he peers even deeper into the heart. He sees my affections and he peers into my head. He sees my thoughts. And the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And he finds no one. Remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah as God looked for ten? There weren't. As a matter of fact, there's no one righteous. No, not one. 
And so this is why we have a natural, sinful desire to stiff-arm God, to hide. We look at God like he is the KGB agent, like he's the highway patrolman waiting to catch us speeding. We don't like IRS agents peering into our finances, and we want Apple and Google to leave us be and not track us so much. And this is our response to God from a natural bent, is we know we are wicked, we know we are lawless, we do not love him with all of our heart, we do not love our neighbors, and we don't like him looking, and we hate him when he does. But that's not the psalmist. The psalmist also says the Lord directs him. And so even though God made me and watches over me and only sees my sin, I know he directs me. He pre-wrote the days that were formed for me. All of them were written in his book. That means he pre-wrote the day of my regeneration, repentance, and faith. That incredible work that he did within giving me the gifts that allowed me to respond properly. Yes, he pre-wrote the day of my recreation. He not only created me, but he recreated me. And now what does he do? He affects me. He causes me. This is what he does from the inside out. He causes me to delight in him. And so I say, oh, how precious to me are your thoughts. He causes me to hate God's enemies. He causes me to exclaim, search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, O God, know my thoughts. And not for a moment do I think when he seeks me and tries me that he will find no sin, for I am a sinful saint, which is why I keep praying, see if there is any grievous way in me. And then what do I pray? And lead me in the everlasting way. Ah, oh, that's good news for us if I'm in, for us who are in Christ. It's good news for those of us who have been recreated. Yeah, it's bad news if we're going to be treated in accordance with our sins. But if he has died on the cross for our sins and has clothed us with his righteousness, then we love the all-seeing eye of God. So there's no need for any of us who are believers to play games with God. We do not deny our sin. No, we confess it and forsake it. Remember how much he disregarded the prayer of the man who said, I am righteous and I'm thankful I'm not like that sinner. Remember how he loved the prayer of the pagan who said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. There's no need to play games with God. There's no need to hide. There's no need to think that we are better than we are. There's no need to think that we're any better than our neighbor. Our external practices of sins may be different, and they may have different consequences, but that internal sin is enough to damn all of us. And there's no reason, believer, for you to think that God has learned new information. He pre-wrote all your days. He's always there. And there's no need to think that God has changed his mind in his manner of response. You're responding to him. He never responds to you. What could cause God to learn new information? Nothing. So he saw all of your days and he died for all of your sins? Oh, there's no need to worry any longer about your sin. Oh, I'm not saying walk in it. Don't say I'm saying something that I'm not. 
You need to hate it. It's grievous. But there's no need to worry about your sin. For Christ has worried about your sin and has taken it all upon himself. And there's no need to worry about your human limitations. It is the Lord who made you the way you are. He gave you your gifts. He gave you your deficiencies. He is the one who has guided every single day and the accidents and the other effects of the fall that have hit you. They're part of God's plan, part of his pre-writing. So what do we get to do as believers in Jesus Christ? We get to follow our new desires. We get to practice departing from the grievous way, that way which is grievous in God's eyes, which is now becoming grievous in our own eyes. And we get to read his word, to learn his way and pray, oh God, you who are with me, you who made me, you who remade me, you who are watching over me and holding me in your hand, would you today lead me in the way everlasting? And as you pray such a prayer of repentance and supplication, it is guaranteed that God will lead you in that way. For he has promised always to answer a prayer in accordance with his will. And this prayer comes right out of his word. So repent again today. You're going to do it tomorrow. You might as well practice today. Follow the desires of your heart, which have been given you by Jesus Christ. Oh, God, help us to depart from the grievous way. Oh, God, help us to know the way everlasting and walk in it. Lead us. Be encouraged, my friend. <music>